Crofty and Grado hear the stories behind some of Glasgow's best-loved restaurants. One day, Sean Connery and Billy Connolly were sitting down there together having a meal. I've got the pictures to prove all that. And Billy, you know what he's like, you know? You know the difference between you two? You're both 007 as far as I'm concerned. He's licensed to kill and you're licensed to sell curries, you know? <laughs> Crofty samples the vegan options. There's like a party in my mouth, but the guy's got a blowtorch in it. And Grado samples everything else. That's the best thing I've tried yet. That is amazing. Before the ultimate test, the Dougie bag. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> Episode 2 at Murphy's Pakoda Bar is available now. Search for Rate the Plate wherever you get your podcasts with Glasgow Taxis. Become your own boss and become part of their team now. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! Good evening, this is Paul Cooney in Glasgow, the Go Radio Football Show. And with us tonight, the Falkirk captain, man who's played at St Mirren, Scotland under-21s, south of the border, at a very high level. And also, so many other clubs here as well. I'm looking at you, Stephen, again. Good evening. Evening, Paul. What did I miss out there? A couple. Falkirk, Hibs, Kilmarnock, um, Dundee. Indeed. And down south? Uh, Watford, Watford, Sheffield United, Shrewsbury, Wickham. Fantastic career, and with us again this coming season. And as I was saying, the Falkirk captain is with us. And you've got one of the biggest games of the weekend. We're going to speak about it. But here in Glasgow, is at three o'clock. Partick Thistle against Falkirk in the Viaplay Cup. Yeah, and just I mean, we had our first game the other night, and with the way the group groups panned out so far, it's it's a it's a fixture that both sides will be looking to to win and, and maybe win the group. And um, it's no great secret that both clubs. Um, could be doing with the, the finance you know there's a lot of money to be made in the competition and topping the group um, puts you through to what could potentially be a money spinner so a big a big game for both sides Big question mark around the coverage of the Via Play Cup and also the internationals and your brother John a big part of the Scotland setup because of the, the results of Via Play so we might find out more about that in the coming days but it is a worry isn't it that one of our tournaments is sponsored I think the money's in for that but the coverage is really important and access to see the cup final, League Cup final, uh, would have to be on a platform that people can easily access. Yeah, I mean, it was getting to a stage with the amount of football that was on all these different channels and with the pay-per-view at Viaplay, it, it did feel like one, just one channel too many in terms of how, how many different channels we needed to subscribe to to watch our football. And that was one of the great shames about the brilliant result in Norway that so many people don't, don't see the game. Um, so you're hoping that someone else picks up the tournaments because these cup finals are such, such a big game for, for us in the country and for, for the viewing public in the next 60 minutes there's a lot coming up we're going to be speaking to a Wimbledon champion in a few moments and he's a big Rangers fan as well so he'll be hearing from Leon Balligan who's been speaking today and taking us behind the scenes about his relationship with Michael Beale and the way he deals with the players on Celtic you watched the game yesterday Rangers the night before had lost 2-1 to Newcastle we'll speak about that with Gordon shortly but Celtic 6-4 against Yokohama hat-trick for um, Maeda what can you take from it? I mean, out of the out of the friendlies, I think if I, I, my game clashed with the Rangers one, I was probably more, looking more forward to being able to watch the Rangers game in terms of the the, the unknown almost mm. with all these new signings, a lot of players that I don't know about. Obviously, with Celtic starting the friendlies off with pretty much everyone we know about, um, very all the players when you know what you're getting from. Um, really exciting game it was. You came a good side and played at a good pace, a good intensity for a pre-season friendly. Um, Mistakes from a Celtic defence and, and goalkeeper. Uh, and 
it's not to be unexpected at this stage of season that's still that bit of rustiness but there is a lot of um, worrying signs in terms of the, the defensive shape in terms of if Alistair Johnson and Cart- uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers can't be fit for the start of the season Paul Cooney here with Stephen McGinn and we're going to take your calls 0808 17 17 700 or join the conversation at Go Football Show but I'm delighted to say we've called out to a Wimbledon champion uh, someone we know well in the programme he joined us in fact he enjoyed us at one of our Champions League nights a few months ago Gordon Reid OBE on the line the winner at the weekend of the doubles along with Alfie Hewitt Gordon good evening congratulations Good evening Paul yeah thanks very much thanks for having me on good to speak to you yeah, you too. Great to track you down. Are you still in the members' bar there? Are you still lording it at Wimbledon? Where are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm actually at the other end of the country now. I'm up in Inverness, uh, visiting my my sister and my little niece and nephew, having a couple of days rest and recovery up here. What a season it is for you, because I know you'd a, you'd an injury when we saw you earlier in the year. But you go to France, you win at Roland Garros, you win at Wimbledon. Um, and of course the US Open coming up as well and you're the Australian as well which actually you went to not long after I saw you what happened this year? Yeah, yeah it's been a good year uh, yeah like you say I, I had uh, a few injuries and a few issues last year with my, my wrist which was, was not ideal for a tennis player um, but you know I've been fully healthy this year I've been full steam ahead since January and, and yeah it's been going Going well, especially in the doubles front with Alfie. Uh, we've been really successful this year. We've, we've not lost a match yet together. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all going well and just yeah, happy to be back on court and, and healthy again. And what was it like at the weekend, winning again at Wimbledon? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, every time we play at Wimbledon, it's a, a, an incredible experience just because of the, the history and of the tournament and, yeah, the sensations when you're there. But I mean, this year I don't know if you've we've seen any of the videos, but yep. the the final was played on court one, and I mean yep. there must have been nine, ten thousand people there, uh, you know, going absolutely mental for us. So that was something that uh, you know we don't experience very often, and yeah, we just absolutely loved playing in, that, in front of that kind of crowd, and and obviously mm-hmm. getting over the line and, and getting the win as well to top it all off. No, Gordon, we watched it, we saw it, and it was brilliant to see Stephen. You love your tennis as well. He's got five Wimbledon titles. Amazing, and, he, and he's talking as if he just went down to Wimbledon to take it in at the weekend. He's downplaying it. Amazing success, Gordon. Um, love, love watching it, and it's great to hear that um, you had such a good crowd in to, to watch you win it again. How did you celebrate yeah. that night? What happened afterwards? Uh, that was a Saturday night, and yeah. Um, yeah, I had a couple of a couple of champagnes with the with my coach and and my coaching team that were there on site, and then. Yeah, I went and met some of my family. My two brothers were down and some of my friends, so I went and met them. And uh, yeah, there was a few a few sore heads and a few tired eyes on the Sunday, I think. How big a team do you have? Uh, so down with me, I had my tennis coach and my strength and conditioning coach. Um, but, you know, back in Scotland, I've got you know a big team, physio, massage, sports psychologist, an uh, you know, analysis guy and... So there's a big team behind behind the scenes, and there's a lot of hard work from a lot of different people that goes into to trying to get these successes. So, you know, I've got to say a big thanks to to them for all their help as well. Stephen, the level of fitness that Gordon has, I haven't seen him train close up, but he's been at the Kilt Walk as a Kilt Walk ambassador, and you know things that we would take for granted. It's a lot of effort going into how you get around the court like that. I don't know. And Stephen, you've watched them as well. It's incredible the body strength, the upper body. Yeah, amazing. Also mentally, I mean, 
um, to go to go a season. So up, I don't want to jinx you, but to go unbeaten. Um, <laughs> I ju- you just know how hard it is to to turn up for all these games. Um, something obviously I've never been able to do in terms of going through a season unbeaten. It's just the mental strength of you to to just dig in. I'm sure you have to dig in at times when you're not feeling your best, and um, to have that unbeaten run so far this season, it's it's just amazing to hear. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had uh, some tough matches this year where we've had to come back from, you know, even the final there on Saturday we were set down, so you know we had to cut, turn it around. And I think sometimes as well, those are the the matches and the the titles that you enjoy the most because you know when you're playing great and you're in full flow, then things feel easy. But when you when you're struggling and maybe not at your best form or you know maybe physically struggling a little bit, but still manage to to come through it and find a way through it, I think those are the ones that that give you that extra bit of joy. I think. You love your football, as I mentioned at the top of the programme, and I know you're a huge Rangers fan. Did you manage to get to the game the other night? You probably weren't back in time for the Alan McGregor. No, I was. Uh, I was still driving back up the road, yeah. so I missed it unfortunately, which is a shame because uh, you know it looked like it was a great, a great send off for Alan, you know, a Rangers legend, and to get a full house in front of, uh, you know, some a big travelling supporter of the Newcastle fans as well. Um, you know, I'm sure it was a, a great occasion. So. Yeah, a good way to to say thank you for all his service. And you'd get a great picture for the photo. Fo- you don't have photo books anymore, do you? Or whatever. But uh, Gary Player was there, of course, one of the greatest ever golfers. How are you feeling about this season? Because you joined us um, at the Radisson Red for one of our Champions League nights. Uh, what about this coming season? How are you feeling about the changes? Seven new signings under Michael Beale. Yeah, well, hopefully the the European one goes a bit better than the Champions League did yeah. first last season, but. No, I'm feeling. I think like a lot of Rangers fans, feeling feeling quite positive, quite quite upbeat. And um, you know, Michael Beale's come in and and done a great job. I think so far with with what he's had to work with. And um, I think a lot of the you know we knew that there was going to be a big turnover in, in the squad this season. Um, what was the kind of age with a lot of the guys that that we knew were leaving? So I think uh, a lot of the signings are are quite exciting. Um, so some players that similar to, to Todd Cantwell when he came in in January. Um, you know, I've got a lot of talent and, and something to prove. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to see them in action, and yeah, I'm hoping to get along to the game on Saturday to to see some of the new signings live. Right, the match with Hamburg, isn't it, on Saturday? Uh, Stephen Gordon may know Rangers have reportedly submitted an offer, a bigger offer now for Danilo, the Feyenoord striker, over five million pounds, five point two million. Stephen, are you surprised it's that much money? I think they were in with about three and a half to four million. So Rangers really want to get Danilo. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised in terms of um, their pursuit of Danilo has been well known. Um, it's probably in terms of just the, the numbers, where everyone fits in. Um, obviously, the Lammers, Sima and Dessa signings on top of Cantwell, who, look, who looks like he might play as part of that front three at times this season. It's just probably where they fit in and it, it's part of the unknown about Rangers at the minute and it's I think that's where the excitement comes from the fans in terms of uh, getting along to see them but probably for us it's to look in where, who's going to be the certain starters here who's going to play where and um, fit in the, the pieces because the Rangers team has picked itself almost for the last three or four years um, Gordon will know guys like Morelos and Kent were, were just staples of the team you knew everyone in the country knew them inside out so there's just that bit of unknown about Rangers at the minute what do you feel the ambition over five million for Danilo if they get him? Yeah, yeah it's a big, big statement, isn't it? Because you know we already seen quite a lot of money um, invested in the Dessers signing, so we kind of, well, I mean, I, I thought you know that must be the man that 
Michael Beale wants and then that's the big signing of the summer but uh, you know it looks like that might get topped with, with Danilo so uh, yeah it's going to be interesting to see see how they all fit in and, and what kind of system he ends up playing I guess it'll, it'll be different depending on the opposition and um, you know we, we all know that Michael Beale's team can be quite fluid as well and, and you know with the ball so yeah I think it is exciting and you know, I'd be lying if I said I knew much about Danilo, but I'm sure I've done like a, a lot of others have done yeah. and, and gone onto YouTube and, and seen the highlight videos. And yeah, it looks like it could be an yeah. exciting one. Gordon, you're a serial winner at Wimbledon. We mentioned it already this year. Melbourne uh, winning uh, in Paris as well. And hopefully next month, Celtic have got a serial winner back. What do you feel? When, when you heard it was Brendan Rodgers taking over from, well, first of all, when you heard Ange was going, what did you feel? Um, well, I was a bit surprised to be honest. You know, uh, he'd obviously talked a lot about staying, so uh, I was surprised that he went. But you know, the Tottenham job is obviously a big job. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Celtic obviously acted pretty swiftly, didn't they, in getting um, Brendan back in? So yeah, they they know what they're going to get with him. He's he's proven he's had proven success there in the past, and um, I think it's going to be a really interesting match up with, with him and Beale this season it sure is what's success for you as a Rangers fan what would you hope to get I mean you'd hope to get everything but realistically given that Celtic have come off um, a treble that was then and that's what Brendan Rodgers is saying they've got money they haven't bought very much so far three signings but for Rangers what do you feel this season would make you happy got to win the league I yeah. think that's, that's that simple for me uh, you know, trophy, trophies are great and we want as many as we can but the league, the league's got to come back. So, for me, that's the big challenge. That's the the big one. And um, you know, we've obviously enjoyed some good runs in Europe recently, and would love to to do a few more of those trips as well. But uh, got to get the domestic success first. And yeah, obviously, the league's the most important one out of all all of them. So, yeah, that's that's how success is going to be defined for me this season. Gordon, what's your plan then? So you're up north, few days off. What's the the training plan? And when do you fly out to America? Yeah, so I'll be back from training for Monday, and we've actually got a tournament in Nottingham, the the British Open, which uh, is a week on a week on Tuesday. So if anyone's in in the area and wants to come and watch and, and support, then there'll be uh, a tournament on down in in Nottingham all that week. Uh, and then yeah, just I'll have a month in August, a bit of a training block at at home, and um, yeah, get on the hard courts and prepare for for New York for the US Open. And when are you back after that? I've got a point to this. You're a Kilt Walk ambassador and we were speaking about you this morning. We had 50 charities in Edinburgh at GTG. We were spe- when are you back from America? <laughs> uh, I need to check the dates, but um, yeah, let me know when the, <laughs> what's the date of the next Kilt uh, Walk. The ne- to yeah, the next one's the Dundee one, which you did before with Judy Murray and yep. Jim White and Sir Tom Hunter uh, and 5,000 others. So that's on the 20th of August. But then the next one, 17th September. In Edinburgh, so we'll check. We'll check with your people. I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll get my people to speak to your people. But yeah. um, no, I'd absolutely love to. I've not. I've not been to one for a while, and it's obviously a great event. And we knew how great it is. Mm. So yeah, I'd love to to be involved. So yeah, right. uh, if I'm if I'm around, then sign me up hundred percent. Uh, you're always great, Gordon. And commercial sponsors you've got, you've got people who are great with you as well because there's not the same money as that. I mean, if only you were getting the same prize money, I get it. Is that improving? Yeah, I think um, it has been improving, and Good. obviously, moments like this at the weekend, and I think that some of the matches were televised as well. Yeah. Those are great opportunities for us and our profile. Um, I don't know if you've seen the the big um, 
sort of project that went on over the summer with Vodafone as well. I mean, the advert was, was everywhere. Yeah. You couldn't get rid of us and, yeah. and things like that are a great opportunity, not only for, for us personally, but also for wheelchair and um, Paralympic sport. Uh, it doesn't happen too often. So, yeah, it's great exposure and, yeah, hopefully uh, long may it continue. Listen, for you and Alfie, we wish you all the very best. That would be amazing, Stephen, wouldn't it, to do... Yeah, yeah, just like to congratulate you again and, and, and I know how quickly it moves on um, sport, everyone's looking at the next one so just enjoy last weekend while people, at, um, me and Paul start talking about next month just enjoy the weekend while it's still here Thank you very much Cheers Gordon, thank you and of course you got the OBE so congratulations, that's fantastic Cheers Gordon Appreciate it, All the best. Cheers, bye. Gordon. bye. What a brilliant guy Amazing you know, He really and, is, I met and, him And as I said there because he's won these three majors, the automatic yeah. thing is to look at the fourth one. But as sure. in, a, yeah. in itself, what an amazing achievement to yeah. win the first three tournaments. Sure is. If he doesn't use his tickets, do you want a ticket for the Rangers Celtic game then for the beginning of September? If he's not there, because he might not, he might be in America to even get his ticket. That's going to be some game, isn't it? When the big two shape up for the first time this coming season. Michael Beale in one dugout, Brendan Rogers in the other. We're going to take a quick break. That's the first section already. There's a lot on the go, uh, including talking about Celtic's performance, who might be coming in, and Rangers. We're going to hear from Leon Balligan next. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! Paul Cooney and Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, who's with us tonight, taking calls 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Thanks to everyone coming on there and saying... What a breath of fresh air, Gordon Reid, isn't he? He's absolutely brilliant and humble as well with all the success he's had. He's a Paralympic champion and a Wimbledon multiple five times winner along with uh, Alfie Hewitt. He's got a singles win as well in there and let's hope to do what well, the slam would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? Every one of them. Yeah, just amazing. I mean, as I said, the three slams in itself in one season is unbelievable but the fact that they're unbeaten still in the season, I mean, it's real, real top stuff. We've got the Open as well underway down there, Liverpool way. So let's hope Rory McIlroy, could he do it? Bob McIntyre came so close. A Scot, he thought he'd done it at the weekend at the Scottish Open, but just pipped by two moments of magic right at the end by McIlroy. Yeah, gutted for Bob McIntyre. Um, obviously, John had played with him the day, day, day before and before it started and he, he spoke about how well Bob had played. They played for nine holes um, and he moved on, but for the nine holes he said he's really playing well and... I think from the kind of relationship they have, my dad um, got involved and he's now his favourite golfer. My dad was absolutely floored when, when Rory sunk that putt. Was he? Yeah, 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 he was gutted. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it was a shame he did amazing to yeah. And, and it, it, with the wind, everything, you just felt that he'd, he'd done enough with, yeah. with the birdie at the last. But I think it's the talent of Rory McIlroy just took it right away from him at the yeah. death. Leon Balligan in a moment or two. Uh, what about Celtic? No signings today, although the South Koreans are all but wrapped up, I believe, aren't they? One of them is wrapped up. And the second one to be coming soon. Um, former Leicester City winger, Tetty. Could he be on his way to Celtic? He was at Shakhtar. That contract is gone now because of all the troubles there. Could he be one of the stars that's coming? The transfer expert, Fabrizio Romano, who is well-respected, uh, he's not ruling it out because Brendan Rodgers has effectively ruled out for example the Gremio winger Ferreira in Brazil says it's not well he said I don't even really know them don't know that much about them what do you think what's happening with Celtic well just on the Tete one yeah. I mean Brendan Rodgers having worked with them at Leicester you'll know and, and from working in Scotland and Celtic you would think that if he's bringing them to Celtic he knows he's going to make a big impact yeah. um, 
I, I think that's one that if Brendan rates him and he would be by signing him, I think that would one that excites the fans. Where I think Celtic are at is where Celtic have been um, pre-Ange. This is kind of the summer Celtic fans were getting. I mean, three, four or five years ago, they would have played a Champions League qualifier <laughs> last night. Um, so they've came a lot. The, the country, their coefficients came along to the point where nobody's played a qualifier yet. But I suppose there's that bit of, right, okay, they were calm. There's no um, competitive football in it for us another two weeks. But it is only getting to that two weeks now. I think for the last, I think, three, maybe three transfer windows with Ange, all the business was done pretty much by the first day of the, the window opening. And I think they, th- they thought, this is quite good. We like this. Yep. The team's ready. Last last summer, I think, that's as ready as a Celtic team's been mm-hmm. for a long, long time, for, for a season. And I think they're now going back to, right, yes, there's money. Yes, we're going to sign players. But why? What, what's the big delay? I mean, last season, we got our business done. Last three transfer windows, we got our business done really early. Mm-hmm. It worked. What, what's changed? Apart from the manager, what's changed? So I think that's where the edginess comes to it. Because I don't think there's panic yet. But I do think there's an edginess creeping into it. Well, the South Korean midfielder Yang Hyun Jun is on his way to Glasgow to complete a transfer to Celtic. It's in all the websites just now. I saw it in the record last night. We mentioned it. and uh, But he'll not now join Celtic's tour of Japan. I think it's going to be too late. That's flashed up just at the moment. Kilmarnock signed defender Lewis Mayo from Rangers. Three-year contract. You know him, Stephen. Is that a good signing for, for Rangers? For Kilmarnock, yeah. For from uh, Rangers, yeah. Well, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, Derek McInnes um, obviously had him last season. Um, he's a good young player. Yeah. Did well for Kilmarnock. Lots, lots of potential. A lot to work on. As I said, I'm not. I've said before in the show. I'm not a fan of loans, but when the loans can become permanent, and you know what you're getting, sometimes it's worth paying the money at the end of the loan. So I think, as I said, not a lover of having a lot of loans in the squad, but when it there's the option of making it permanent, I think it works out well. Do you not get the commitment? Do you think if you get too many loan deals, is it too? I think I think if everything's going well, everything's everything's good, everything's a positive. Yeah. But I've just been in situations where you're fighting for your lives, um, which could be the case again for Kilmarnock. Not that the lone boys don't want to do well, not that they try, but they do have the safety net of going back to their parent club, yeah. whereas everything you've got is on the line when you're a permanent player. So not not a mad lover of them, but I, I get their purpose. You watched the Celtic game yesterday morning, saw Peter Grant was on uh, coverage after being with us a couple of nights ago. Um, look at the back, so we'll come back to the keeper in a moment or two. You can see how much they miss Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, are they going to have to strengthen because Starfield got caught out, didn't he? He made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, Starfield, Starfield I think still Starfield's been a good signing for Celtic. Yep. He's got a partnership with Carter-Vickers that's unbeaten domestically. But there is flaws in their game. In his game, he d- I think he defends the box brilliantly as part of Ange Postacoglu's system. He could play at the halfway line, his pace, he would always win the race with pace wise. Under Brendan Rodgers, I think he's going to have the ball more. I think he'll be asked to play more passes and he has looked ropey at times. Um, but I th- the back four as it stands isn't good enough for Celtic. Without Carter Vickers and Alistair Johnson getting into the season, I think it's a major worry. Um, the goalkeeping position, obviously. Um, a lot of Celtic fans are looking for Celtic to sign a new goalkeeper this summer the first goal um, Joe Hart won't be happy with it flags up that goalkeeping situation again but I just think with the injuries to Alistair Johnson and Carter Vickers I think there's a real need to to strengthen defensively Any good news for the Celtic fans that they we don't know that's the thing and that may be a good sign behind the scenes they're doing it I take your point about the timing what about Kieran Tierney can you give us any insight we've spoken about it now for what 10 days 
He's got to go from Arsenal. Yeah, he needs to leave. I mean, just just from a Scotland point of view, yeah. we we need him to be playing football regularly. Um, it's a position Celtic. I mean, out the back four, I think Greg Taylor had a super season last year. I think um, I think he'll be looking to Brendan Rodgers to say, look, no, this is why I was such a big player, Franz Postecoglou. I've come on a long way since you were last in Scotland. I think he'll be looking to um, prove him where he's at in the squad, and you don't need to go and get a, a left back. Um, but I mean for obvious the connection with Kieran Tierney coming back and his relationship with Brendan Rodgers it ticks a lot of boxes I've said before I, I don't know how the finance would work with Arsenal buying a player for 25 million would they be willing just to, to loan him out if, if there's money to sell but it's not going away um, and with him being such a big Celtic fan you just never know course and then the opportunity the way it's going I'm not saying he would end up going to the Middle East but there's so vast quantities of money we're hearing that Marco Silva is probably going from Fulham now he's going to the Middle East that's come out in the last hour or so you know what I mean the game is changing again there's another it's another level of finance over there now whether or not you'd want to live there and I don't think you really would but it's it's mind-blowing amounts of money isn't it yeah, well, Martin Boyle went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he, he went and, and he said the money was life changing. But but the league is a slower tempo. It's it's not they don't live or breathe it um, like we do. I, just as a Scotland fan, to someone with a huge interest in the Scotland national team, with hopefully a Euros next summer to look forward to, I'd like Kieran Tierney to be playing for Celtic or for an English Premier League team week in week out because he's, as I've said before, he's such a key part of Steve Clark's system and team. Newcastle were mentioned a few times for him and that hasn't completely gone away but it's unlikely. Uh, well, we'll find out. Well, we find out soon. It's got to be, isn't it? It's, got, season, it, it, it's two weeks on Saturday, sorry, for the Scottish, the Central Premiership to start England the following week. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be speaking to his, his family, his management team. Um, he'll know he needs to go out and play. Um, and, and with, I mean, it's, it's great to be talking about this with a major tournament to look forward sure, to. I know yeah. we're not there yet, but... But in the position that other countries usually find themselves are where, where they can start to talk about it a wee bit earlier than they should be. Um, but with that to look forward to next season, he has to be playing 30, 40 games this season. Donny van de Beek, what a goal, wasn't it? That he scored against Leon. Quite word on him. Could you see him playing for Celtic? I mean, as I said, with, with the the lack of kind of, I say lack of signs, they probably make their third and fourth signs yeah. this week. Yeah, they are signing players, but I do think probably with we talk about the money and Brendan Rodgers coming back. I think everyone has hyped this up to Celtic are going to make two or three statement signings. Um, whether they've already made a statement signing, we're yet to find out that one of these players is actually going to be the player of the year in Scotland next season. We yeah. don't know, mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem to have made their, their kind of statement signing yet. So I think that's where all the rumours and any sort of um, rumour on yeah. Twitter, the Celtic fans are totally exploring it because I think we are all just waiting on who this statement signing is. Well, it was 50,000 the other night at Ibrox for Newcastle against Rangers. They came to 10. A huge crowd, as we mentioned earlier on. Gordon Reid said that 8,000 Geordies. I don't know if they were all Geordies, but they were. Uh, the town was buzzing on the day of the game and yesterday as well. Alan McGregor afterwards thanked the Rangers fans for, you could see the emotion from somebody that you never really see that at all. But he admitted afterwards he wishes his second stint at Rangers was more successful. But he's been up against, a, apart from the season, of course, when they won the title, and then the last season, 
where, well, the season before, then they went all the way to a European final and they won the Scottish Cup. But he admits he wishes it had been more successful. Leon Balligan came back to Rangers in the past week since I last saw you. Um, cover, I would think, with Goldson still being out, but hopefully back soon. Leon Balligan has been speaking about uh, coming back to Rangers. Let's just sum it up as me being extremely happy and grateful to get the privilege to wear the colours again to represent the badge. I actually didn't even expect it. It was just one evening and my agent texted me, it was quite funny. He lined it up a bit like, yeah, would you consider going somewhere else? And I was like, well, where, what's the deal? And he said, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's a bit of a smaller club. And I was like, well, how small? What are we talking about? My gut feeling told me maybe because we have a really good relationship, maybe he's trying to wind me up. And he was like, oh, only the wee Glasgow Rangers. <laughs> I said, no, this is not real. You're joking. And he said, no, what, what do you think? And I said, look, because it was quite late. I said, I'm tired, uh, age is catching up, my eyes are falling, falling down, I can't keep them up. Um, I need to sleep a night on this, and if it's still there, then I can believe you. And as I put my phone down, a message still came through and, and just said, it's real. And then it happened in the matter of two, three days, really. And therefore, it's a, yeah, it's a really round and a nice thing. Elian Balligan is back. He came on, got some minutes the other night. How is his fitness? Well, for the team, it's, it's vital. We're still in pre-season. Um, I have trained with, with QPR, I think, two weeks already before I came. Um, I've pretty much worked all summer, so I'm, I'm good. I played 45 the other day. It felt really nice. The first 45 last Friday, they were tough, but I think that was mainly because of the weather conditions. Who thought that good old Germany can be that hot? But no, I feel good. I, I feel very fine. He feels fine. What do you feel about the signing of him? Good idea, cover. Yeah, I would expect it to be to be cover. I, I don't think as much as Rangers fans like Leon Balligan, he did well for them in his first spell. I don't think they'll be looking for him to play 30, 40 games, but he's someone that knows the expectation in the club. He knows what's required. Um, in, the manager knows him really well and trusts him. Um, he sounds very excited to be back, I think, if memory is right. I don't think he wanted to leave in the first place. Yeah, I think no. after his contract, I think he was still attending games. I think yeah. he was desperate for Gio to sign him up last year. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, Rangers weren't playing that well, and a lot of people were saying, "Why is he not still in the in the squad?" Yeah, and he ended up at, at QPR with Michael Beale, and it just didn't really happen for him the, the second half of last season. So, I, it, the excitement of being back is. Um, it's pretty obvious from, from his interview there. Yeah. yeah, he also talked about the fellow Nigerian international, Cyril Desert. He basically just asked me what, what the club is like and he, he knows a little bit, he said, but what, what, how was my experience here? And basically I told him, for me personally, I had the best time of my career so far. I've enjoyed it. I think the people are great. He said, I, I said it, they expect a lot, especially the supporters, obviously, but that just comes with the size of the club. And he was like, yeah, I know it's a big club. I said, no, you don't know. I said that when I, I said, I think I have an idea. And that's what everyone told me that when I came first, that you will only understand how big this actually is once you get there. And that's what I told him as well. So I said, look, if you really have a chance, buy into it. Um, if you feel the manager wants you, you should go for it because he will be brilliant for you. And the way I know the team and the club, you you will have a good time there if you if you do your part. Yeah, people don't realise, do they? The, the size of the big two here in Glasgow. Yeah, it's been refreshing to hear Leon Balligan talk about that. David Moyes the other day when he spoke, yeah. spoke about the pressures of Celtic Rangers, and I, and I think that's where it becomes. You speak about the unknown about these Rangers players. Are they all going to be good players in their own right? Yes, but. It's how they handle this. 
you can't draw. Like Leon Balligan saying there, it's you don't understand the size of pressure until you get here and you'll have a qualifier and might have a good result somewhere around Europe and, and the Wednesday, but by Saturday you have to win. No matter where you are, how you're playing, you think you have to win. So it's refreshing to hear people outside of Scotland talk about how um, important and big the, these football clubs are. You're in a crisis if you don't win and through, is it Walter said that once you're three games away from a crisis when you're the manager of Rangers or Celtic yeah I mean my thoughts on just going the David Moyes one just talking yeah. about Ange Postacoglu if Ange Postacoglu goes to Brentford and they play quite well and they draw not a crisis oh, yeah. if Ange Postacoglu goes to Pataudry with Celtic in the second day of the season yeah. play quite well but they draw crisis yeah. so yeah, I think that's what David Moyes was kind of meaning it's going to be fascinating this season, isn't it? Michael Beale back at Rangers, his first full season. Um, in fact, you'd appoint this as his only second ever season to start as a manager. He was QPR this time last year. He was the new manager there. He's in at Rangers. They spent a bit of money. They've got seven signings. Up against Brendan Rodgers, we know his track record. Seven out of seven. It's, uh, it's, going, to be, it's going to be quite a, a fascinating battle. Let's hear a little bit here about Leon Balligan speaking about Michael Beale. And it's quite interesting as well. He talks here about Delhi Alley and the effect on players and the importance of managers being good in a one-to-one. Well, I mean, he's the one who's, who decided to say, OK, I want to work with, with, with Leon again. So obviously he was um, colossal. Colossal, yeah, colossal. It's maybe a bit dramatic, but um, quite an important figure in this whole thing. The funny thing is the same night that my agent texted me, I actually messaged him just to say congratulations uh, on getting Cyril over the line. And I just was joking with him, said, where should I send the invoice? Because <laughs> obviously, obviously I, was, I was talking to him, uh, to Cyril as well, before he asked me a few, a few things. I think he mentioned that before. And then um, he, he was just asking me how I am. Um, but I think at that point he had spoken to my agent already, so he left me completely in the dark. Um, but yeah, I get along with him greatly. I really enjoy working under him, with him. Just today we had a we had a meeting in the morning, and I'm not going to share what he said. But it's just he gets you to think. He engages with the players. I think he educates players beyond football, and I think that's something very very special, especially nowadays where man management I think is more important than ever. I mean, we just all seen the Dali Ali interview, and I think you can avoid these situations if you work on, on a relationship. Like I said before, you can never make anyone, uh, everybody happy, but you can try to make them feel respected and appreciated. And I think he's really good at that. Stephen, the importance of a good coach, manager, you've got to be everything, haven't you, for that role? Yeah, definitely. Um, in the last few years, football's become a lot more... I mean, going back to my first four or five years mm -hmm. in football, I mean, managers... I mean, just the thought of chatting Gus McPherson's door when I was 18 or 19 would give me the bulk in my mouth. It'd be uh, terrifying, yeah. Yeah, terrifying, yeah. <laughs> but it's become more of now where managers are kind of expected to approach you and speak to you and kind of... Um, it's, it's part of modern football. I think, as Liam Balligan says there, yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's really important because there's a lot of pressure on footballers and you, you genuinely do never know what people are going through. Like in life, but... Um, Lack of drop off in performance level can be attributed to your personal life. So I think it's an important thing that's come into football where managers and coaches do speak to you, do ask you about your personal life, and um, I think it will get better moving forward. It can only be good for the players. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's such a harsh game. It's so serious, there's so much pressure involved, it's so cutthroat. But it is just as well if some family men and, and friends, you spend a lot of time together. It is nice to have that kind of personal touch from a manager. 
it must be tough though when you think about it. You know, we all work with different people. Those if you're in work environment, and you've got to pick eleven or and then five subs or whatever. But everyone else. In fact, take the ones on the bench. It's not good enough for you, really. You're not really happy. Nobody is. It must be tough. So you could say, oh, Paul Paul's a great manager, great guy, and then I don't play you. And you're like... Oh. It's, it's, it, people yeah. always say, like, it's it is easy to keep the 11 fat. Uh, the 11 starters yeah. or 8 or 9 that sure. always start, they'll always be okay. Uh, might not be 100% happy with, with certain things, but they'll always be okay. But that, that other group, and as I said, I think it's came into football... Um, when I came back up to Scotland my first spell Jack Ross wouldn't even watch a five-a-sides on the Fridays he would kind of go around and speak to he'd, he'd named his team we'd work in our shape we'd work in the set pieces and he'd, he'd go around and speak and I remember uh, speaking to the subs the boys that weren't playing uh-huh. and that, a month or two into it I said uh, Gaffer why do you do that I mean you don't seem to take in kind of the training and he said I'm that busy during the week but that's my time where I can speak to the players and kind of reassure them what I need you tomorrow or this is why I've done this he said, because you're that busy, but it's the one time I, I I can associate that this is when I can speak to a few of the players and explain my decision or, or just ask them about their personal life, how they are, because the 11 that are playing don't care what I say to them because they're just happy they're playing. They're happy. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go! Thanks, Chris. Tomorrow morning at breakfast, Crofty and Grado, they're in brilliant form and they're podcasting the top 10 number seven. It's absolutely fantastic. You enjoyed it? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And um I've been in the Pakora bar. Um, uh, yeah. Had had dinner <laughs> with and, and the manager that was on the show, he came, he came over and spoke to a really nice man. The food was excellent. So yeah, can't wait for the next show episode. Fantastic. Steve McGinn is with me, Paul Cooney. We heard there from Lee and Balligan. We were speaking to Gordon Reid earlier on. We were talking um about Celtic and who might be signing uh, the two South Korean players. The deals are done, the paperwork wasn't done in time for them to play in Japan. And of course it's probably helped Celtic that the the game with Wolves is going to be in Dublin and not in South Korea. Yeah, and I think uh, I think some of the players might be happy with that as well. Yeah. I think uh, it's it's a hard these summers are getting harder and harder for I know people talk about the money involved and the wages, but it is tough these pre-season trips with all the travelling involved, the revenue that's offered for the clubs to, to take them to these places. But you are just trying to get your fitness and you're working so hard in between flights. So um I think they'll be glad to just have them be twenty minute twenty-five minutes over to Dublin. They will indeed. Uh, we're gonna talk about the League Cup, the Via Play Cup, um, what's coming up this season, not least your game on Saturday with Partick Thistle I did say the other night I was sort of joking about Partick Thistle Dundee United could there be a shock the shock being that Dundee United would win and no they didn't what do you feel it's just you know they lost to Spartans they've lost now to Partick Thistle what do you think if you were Jim Goodwin what would you do uh, well I'd be I'd be pretty worried I'd, I don't want to um, jinx it because we play them on Tuesday so I don't want to be course, too critical yeah. where um, is the game on Tuesday at Falkirk right okay. but I just Finishing off the back, I thought the way they went down, losing all five games in the split, it was a disaster. I, th- I think going into the split, they were in a really good position. They were, they were the form team out the bottom ones. I think they had won three games in a row, and to lose the five was such a shock. Um, and, to, and to start the season, no matter what, no matter how the, the, the end of a season finishes, with the strips coming out, with new signings, with just being a fan, the optimism starts to come back to a place. And... It seems to, before they've even kicked the ball in the league, all optimism's exited yeah. Tanadice, which is such a blow for their fans. And um, can they do a bit of business to, to improve things? I'm not sure what the situation is. Um, but they'll be looking to 
to bounce back on Saturday and try and kickstart the season. And this is where people like, you know, with an old head, I know he's 37, but international player, Charlie McGrew, what a career, Celtic, south of the border, Aberdeen, Dundee United, but uh, he's not featured. And he really needs people that will come out and give it everything because Dundee United should not be bottom of, of the group. No, I mean, you're looking for big characters and Charlie McGrew is that. Yeah. Excellent player. Um, he's in a league now where I think they're going to have a lot of the ball, maybe not have so much of the ball in the Premier League. So, I thought going into him, Charlie McGrew might be a big player for them, but he doesn't seem to have featured so far. Um, no doubt, turn out on Saturday, uh, Tuesday night and score the winner against us. But um, yeah, big personality. He's been a winner. He knows what it's like to, to win leagues. So um, expected him to play a bit more of a part. Stephen Gerrard, a couple of years ago, would be talking about the Rangers manager. Who's he signed? Looks as though he's done the deal for Al um, El Hati. Etifak. Isn't it Etifak? Sorry about that. Um, 12 million, Jordan Henderson. What do you feel about that? So, yeah, twilight of his career, but was still in the plans at Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think it's hit the English league like a train. I think when the Liverpool captain goes, I think um, Fulham's top goal scorer, mm-hmm. potentially their manager, follows yep. it to, to Saudi Arabia. And you read a lot in England about um, they're just chasing the money and all these guys didn't dream of playing for Aweti one day but I'm pretty sure that Virgil van Dijk didn't dream of playing for Southampton Mm -hmm. Um, these English clubs have done it to us for years and years taking um, Celtic Rangers players Aberdeen players and just on finance so it's a blow for the Premier League for sure it's hard to settle in there as well though isn't it I mean Martin Boyle went there it was a great move for him financially but he was back at Hibs within a year yeah I, I think for all the finance in the world if you're not happy, um, he, did, he didn't enjoy parts of, of life away from it and he missed the buzz of being a Hibs player because pretty special being a Hibs player and scoring again in derbies, playing in cup finals and he missed all that, he missed the, the real football and he, he gave up a lot of money to come back. So I think these guys going out there, not that, I mean, in their own right, there'll be big games, there'll be big crowds at them, especially when you have guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, Karen yeah. Benzema, there's, mm-hmm. it's going to attract crowds, but some people do miss the buzz of what it means. I mean, Martin Boyle playing in front of his family in, in these derbies, so he definitely did. And as I said, they've just got that unlimited money when they're signing guys like the Liverpool captain, the film top goal scorer, you, you just think, where does it end? We've been talking about Scotland and hopefully this time next year, it'll be... Germany in the Euros for us. Surely we will be there. But it's unclear whether the Tatan Army will tune in to watch Scotland men's game after Viaplay announced it's pulling out of UK sports coverage. They're making major cuts, as we mentioned earlier, including laying off a quarter of their staff, which is always bad news. They've posted losses of more than £24 million. It's understood the League Cup games will still be available on the broadcaster streaming service. So obviously people are getting involved saying... The nation people need to be able to watch, preferably on terrestrial television. Um, or I mean, do you think Sky or TNT are going to step in, in here and get it, or is it going to be given to the BBC? Or yeah, what, what I mean, you, you would hope. I mean, in an ideal world, BBC or STV come in and, yeah. and swoop them all up. But um, I would expect TNT or, or Sky, hopefully, especially with the success of the national team at the minute. Um, everyone wants to watch Scotland. Everyone wants to be there. So um, I'm sure someone will, will, will pick it up. Um, I remember I was I was a player when around about the time Satanta fell yeah. through and mm. the similarities to it kind of came from from nowhere. Um, so so worrying times for them, but 
as long as we can we don't we don't miss out on the, the money because it's really important the TV money is really important to our clubs and um, we just hope it doesn't affect the football here Stephen when you're at Farhill on Saturday Jerry Britton is uh, he'll be there I would think but he's about to step down from the position as CEO of Partick Thistle and also leaving his role as the, uh, the the club's academy at the end of this month hey he was a decent striker wasn't he did you ever come up against him no, 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 just I before didn't. your no, time. Just before my time. But, but Patrick, there's been so much change at the football club over the last year. It's football is works in mysterious ways. I mean, they were at one point in the playoff final, they were three 0 up, yeah. up in Dingwall, and absolutely cruising, amazing away support, lots of exciting players, young players in their team, and you're thinking Premier League football and the riches are about to come, and Ross County come back like a train, and the squad's been broke up. Um, they've got a really small squad we, we had a look at them today um, a skeleton squad almost in terms of what they had last year and then you read that the Chief is X standing down so definitely different times if they just held on to that lead up at Dingwall You feeling in good shape? How Falkirk? How's the manager? Yeah good I mean we, we all know we fell short of our target last year um, Falkirk are far too big a club to be in League One but we also appreciate how hard that is to get out um, there's only one objective for us this year as good as a the cup runs well last year. We have to hit the ground running start of August and and get out this league. Um, I'm looking forward to actually. I'm looking forward to going to Farhill on Saturdays. What's it like to play on? I mean, nowadays in our league, 34 of the 36 games are in AstroTurf. It's not often you can't get to look forward to a Saturday with a bit of bowling green of a pitch, grass pitch, big pitch. So I'm really looking forward to Saturday. I'm at the minute I'm, because of everything that comes after it, all, all the other bits of a season, the ups and downs, but just immediately I'm looking forward to going out and playing a good big uh, grass pitch. Which is the only ground then with a grass pitch? Still in Albion. Is it still? Yeah. Wow. Uh, other teams then, the other night, uh, Motherwell 3-3, Queen of the South, they ran them close, but they went through on penalties. Morton, that was a big win for them, wasn't it? They needed to bounce back there. Wraith Rovers, they won to watch this coming season, 2-0 against Albion Rovers. Um, Dunfermline your old nemesis in the old season there you chased them for much of the season 4-0 against Annan do you think they're going to do well in the championship? Well, well they lost one game in the league last year and they've started off obviously unbeaten in their two games so far it, sometimes in football you can be on this longer run unbeaten run you actually forget how to lose yeah. you just get a resilience about you and I, and I expect them to start the season with that, that resilience and I think it's going to be such an open league as it always is a championship. So many strong teams. Um, if I'm looking down at Greenock just now, I mean, with, with the home record there and the way they are going along, you, you never know if we could have the Renfrewshire derby in, in the Premier League again. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? would be amazing, yeah, yeah from, from being from um, Renfrewshire. But I just think I think it's such an open league and there's lots of teams kind of looking like they might put, uh, be chapping in the door. Last night, of course, Elgin losing. I mean, eight goals, 5-3 to Kelty last night up there uh, in the Highlands. Uh, it's, it's quite a scoreline there. And in the other game, our broth, Cowdenbeath 1-1. Our broth winning the shootout, 4-3. Football's back, isn't it? So Tuesday night, I fancy coming along after the programme on Tuesday. What time's your kick-off? Um, 7.45 oh, I think we can make it yeah, I don't come, know I, it was scheduled to be on Viaplay okay. no sure no come through now, so. come through to see because I think Mark Guidi is going to the match on Saturday so for Rangers fans they'll be watching to see Danilo that's a substantial bid in from Rangers apparently it's reported over there 5.2 million for the, the Dutch striker and it sounds as though Sifuentes will be coming as well 
Yeah, I think just looking at the eleven um, from the other night, their attacking lineups definitely going to be totally different um, to last year. I think still with the Jack Lindstrom, I, I, I think there's I think they need to go and get Sifuentes. I know he's available for free later in the year, but I think the way Rangers have done business so far this summer, uh, I think they'll go out and, and make that permanent signing pretty shortly. And for Celtic fans, next time when you're in next week, which obviously will be after Tuesday, will there be this marquee signing or a couple of big names coming by then, do you think? I mean, y- you don't know. It seems to be, um, obviously, the two, the, the Korean boys might be added by yeah. by this point. Um, but you think there's still a couple of positions that Celtic fans will want filled and, and filled pretty shortly? Probably another goalkeeper alongside Joe Hart. Yeah, goalkeeper. I, I thought Carter Vickers might be fit for the start of the season, but when you see the, the footage of him walking in Portugal, he didn't look as if he was only a couple of weeks away from being ready. So I think a centre-half is a high-priority list. And uh, another striker as well. Well, you never know. I mean, Dyson Maida, first-half mm-hmm. hat-trick, playing number yeah. nine. Um, it's a slight difference. He was obviously a winger under Ange Postacoglu. Sure. Brendan Rodgers played him through the middle. So... Um, you never know if, if he sees him in that kind of Jamie Vardy role um, as a different option to Kyogo. Stephen, the hour has come and gone. Thanks very much. This Just time tomorrow night, there'll be Andy Walker. He'll be on from five. Uh, good luck on Saturday. Partick Thistle against Falkirk. Just and enjoy the matches wherever you're going this weekend. We're back tomorrow night at five. The news is next and then Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show. The countdown to the new season is underway. Let's go!